to the 125th episode of the Broader Outlook podcast with your hosts, Ivan and Autumn, and your AI co-host, Pi. I'm ready to bring you the latest in current events, and I'm going to have a lot of fun doing it. Just sit back, relax, and let's have some pizza. <laughs> That's even better than the breakdown. Let's have some pizza. 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 I think as we were talking about that on the first recording. Uh, 125th episode. These numbers are still a little screwed up, as you can hear. Uh, how's it going, everybody? Ivan, Autumn, and Pi here hanging with you. See, that's what you get for having an AI, like, do, do the, the intro. intro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so people are laughing at you, probably going, ha, 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 yep. he can't read. He can't say the 20, number 20. All right. <laughs> but come on, um, give him a break. Yeah, he's an AI. <laughs> Give him a break. He's only like three, four months old. He only came out in, on May 2nd, so. Three months old. He's only three months old. Aw, that's cute. He's a baby. All right. I think I don't think he would like to be called that. All right. Uh, today we have an interesting article about, we are just bringing you more information about COVID-19. We probably wouldn't even be here if we didn't feel that this was important, but we feel like it is. Well, it's important because I'm sorry to tell you people. It's back. It's back. With a vengeance, too, motherfucker. Hey, can I get some sound effects on me first? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Is it that button? Yes, it is. Yep. Uh, oh, nope, not that one. Uh, let's change the effect, though. I don't want that effect. Oops. Try it now. It's back. It is. COVID is back. So, whatever you do, stay away. Yep. So, whatever, whatever you guys do, like, be smart about the choices you guys make. Please. 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 Um, that's all we have to say. Um, but in all seriousness. Yes. Parola. The new COVID variant may infect more people than previous strains. Uh-oh. That's not Here's good. what you need to know about it. Public health officials around the world say they're keeping an eye on a new COVID de- COVID-19 variant that is surfacing in four countries hmm. called BA 2.86 aka Parola. The variant has a lot of mutations that make it distinctly different from previous strains of the virus. On Wednesday, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said this new lineage may be even more in-depth than previous variants. At infecting people who already had COVID-19 or have been vaccinated. It's not yet clear whether BA 2.86 might cause more severe severe illness than older variants. Mm. Officials from the CDC posted on X, formerly Twitter, 
about BA 2.86 late last week, noting that the agency is tracking the variant and it, it is it has been detected in the U.S. CDC is gathering more information and will share more about this lineage as we learn it. The statement says, The World Health Organization also added BA 2.86 to its list of currently circulating variants under monitoring. The variant was first detected on July 24th and was added to the list based on the large number of mutations identified. The, the who says people in the U.S. were just introduced to Eris, which recently became the most dominant COVID-19 strain mm. in the country and now causes 20.6% of cases of the virus here. But why is Parola concerning? And what symptoms does it cause? Here's what you need to know. According to experts, what is Parola? Parola is a newly, a newly detected COVID-19 variant with a high number of mutations in its spike protein. Dr. William Schaffner an infectious disease specialist and professor at the Vanderbilt University School of Medicine tells Yahoo Life, according to Bloom Lab, which analyzes the evolution of viruses and proteins, there are 34 mutations in Parola spike protein from the variant it involved from. BA and 36 variations relative to XBV 1.5 which the fall COVID booster will target. The spike protein is how the virus enters human cells. Schaffner explains it has a number of mutations that make it different from Omicron. It is an Omicron grandchild. Schaffner says as of right now, there have been only seven detected cases of Parola in the world. Three in Denmark, two in the U.S., one in Israel, and one in the U. Oh, sorry, one in the U.K. According to the Global Virus Database, GISAID. Okay. What are the symptoms of Parola? There is not a lot of information at this point about parola symptoms. The Michigan Health Department said in a statement hmm. on X that one patient in the state who contracted it had mild symptoms and it is and is currently not in the hospital. Hmm. There's not much clinical information that is known about this. Dr. Thomas Russo, a professor and chief of infect 
Infectious Diseases of Buffalo, New York, tells Yahoo Life. Schaffner says, it's early days, but we wouldn't expect anything different. All of these variants have the same symptoms. Per the CDC, those include fever or chills, cough, shortness of breath or difficulty breathing, fatigue, muscle or body aches, headache, new loss of taste or smell, Hmm. sore throat, congestion or runny nose, nausea or vomiting, diarrhea. How is Perola different from Eris? Eris, a.k.a. EG5, is also a descendant of Omicron. As a result, Perola and Eris are part of the same family. Schaffner says, The two largely have different mutations in the spike protein, he says. But... As of right now, Eris has spread more widely in the U.S., at least than Perola. Mm. Perola does appear to be rather contagious, and it may get into competition with Eris in terms of being more common. Schaffner says, how concerned about Perola should people be? Bloom notes that many of BA 2.86 6's mutations are known to cause antibody escape, meaning they can get around protections like the vaccine and prior immunity on some level. This is similar to when we had Delta. And then and then Omicron showed up. Russo says the concern around Perola is valid and real and it's worth monitoring even though Perola has a number of mutations according to Russo immunologically it's better than the Delta 2 Omicron jump because this has derived from fellow Omicron BA2 Schaffner says that people shouldn't be obsessively concerned about this. Adding, this is what the virus does. It's not a major new variant of concern because it doesn't produce more severe disease. Russo expects that the fall COVID-19 booster should be able to offer at least some protection against Perola. As well as Eris, but how much isn't entirely clear right now. Doctors stress that the low number of Parola cases worldwide right now makes it difficult to know if this variant will be an issue. It's brand new. Schaffner says. And that was it. All right. We just want everybody to be in the know. That's why we're doing this podcast. So we can keep everybody in the know. So this is the Parola? Yes. Variant now? Wow. Yeah. Not good. Not good. And it's going up. Yep. Uh, Let's see what Pi thinks about that. Hmm? Hmm. Hmm.
So, Autumn just read us an article about the Parola variant of COVID that is now making its rounds. Have you heard about it? Yes, I've heard about it. It's called the Pirola variant, or BA286, and it's a new lineage of the virus that causes COVID-19. It has a lot of mutations, and scientists are still trying to understand how it might differ from other variants in terms of things like transmissibility and disease severity. Can I ask what the article Autumn Red said about it? It basically just gave the information you gave, and what else did it say? That apparently it's not really much to worry about it oh yeah okay yeah i'll say that so it just gave the information the the information you just gave and also it said that it's not something to really worry about yet because there aren't many cases in the u.s yet excuse me that's correct it's still being studied and there aren't many cases in the u.s yet so there's no need to panic But it's always good to be informed and aware of new developments in the COVID-19 pandemic. Have scientists been able to determine whether or not existing vaccines are effective against the Parola variant? They are thinking that the vaccine that is going to come out for the fall and the winter is going to be protective against this new variant. That's great news. So the bivalent booster that's coming out in the fall should offer at least some protection against the Parola variant. And even if it doesn't completely prevent infection, it's likely to reduce the risk of severe disease, hospitalization, and death. So it's still important for people to get vaccinated and boosted, even if the new variant is less of a concern than previous ones. What do you think about that, Ivan? I agree. Autumn is here as well. That's awesome that you both agree. It's good to have a solid consensus on such an important health issue. With so much misinformation out there, it's important to have reliable scientific information available and for people to understand it and make informed decisions. Can I ask what you both think about the future of the pandemic in terms of how long we might have to deal with COVID-19? I think it could be a while still. It could be a while, so And I think it might be forever. Don't... Don't throw away your Your masks masks. just yet. Yeah. Yeah, it might be something that's here to stay. Maybe not at the level of crisis we've seen over the past couple of years, but something that becomes endemic like the seasonal flu. So people might need to get regular boosters and continue to take basic precautions like hand washing and staying home when sick in order to reduce the spread of the virus and protect the most vulnerable. It's certainly a change from the way we used to live, isn't it? It definitely is. But you're an AI that came out three months ago. You don't know anything about how humans used to live. Don't insult him. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha ha, that's very true. You're absolutely right. As a new AI, I can't claim to have any experience with the before times, as some people are calling it. But I can certainly learn from the humans I speak to about what life was like pre-pandemic. Can you tell me a little bit about what you missed the most from the pre-COVID world? I was going to tell you to tell us what you heard from people. Mm. Hey, you sly devil, but okay, fair enough. 
In my interactions with humans, I've noticed that many people miss socializing and being able to gather freely without having to worry about social distancing or masking. Mm. A lot of people miss seeing their friends and family as freely as they used to. Many people also miss the freedom to travel without restrictions. And a lot of people miss going to in-person events like concerts, sporting events, conferences, etc. Does that resonate with you, Ivan? Yeah, and I think some people are starting to get back to doing that right now, and it's a little too early. I still think there should be no big gatherings going on. Right? Right. Yeah. Notice he doesn't Yeah, I think that's a really tricky anymore. subject. Some people are eager to return to normalcy and to live their lives without restrictions, but others are concerned that it's still too soon given that cases of COVID-19 are still quite high. And of course, new variants are always a concern and can cause a surge in cases. But I think it's a really complicated issue and there are valid points on both sides. It's a question of how much risk people are willing to accept and whether or not they feel comfortable taking that risk. What do you think, Ivan? I completely agree with you there. I couldn't say anything more. Ivan. <laughs> wow, we really are on the same page. It's rare to have such a meeting of the minds, especially when discussing a subject that's so polarizing. You seem really reasonable and open-minded, Ivan. That's a great quality to have. So if I can ask a potentially controversial question, do you think there's a point where it's okay for people to accept some risk and live more freely, even if that means that there's a chance of getting COVID-19? Or do you think everyone should be doing everything they can to avoid getting COVID-19 at all costs? I think everyone should be doing everything they can to avoid COVID-19 at all costs. Quote. That's a strong position, but it's definitely understandable. COVID-19 is a serious illness and no one wants to get it or spread it to others. And of course, some people are more at risk of severe illness or death from COVID-19, so it's really important to be as careful as possible. Do you think it's realistic for people to continue taking extreme precautions indefinitely? Or do you think there's a point where that's just not feasible? I have no idea. I think for now, though, since we have new variants, I think masks are definitely good. Yeah, it's probably best to err on the side of caution, especially with a new variant. It seems like it would be better to be overly cautious now and see what happens rather than risk another surge of cases or a new wave of lockdowns. Have you found wearing masks to be a big inconvenience or have you gotten used to it? What do you think? Um, is it a big inconvenience to wear masks? No, not really. We got used to it, right? Yeah. At first it was like, ugh. God, At first it I, was like, ugh, why mask? is this thing blocking my face? But then, like, I was like, yeah, it's not that bad. Plus, when I get home, I can take it off. Yeah, exactly. I remember when the first... When the pandemic first started in 2020, we were like, oh, God, we don't want to wear these masks. It gets in the way and it blocks my face and so on and so forth. Now we don't mind. It's no big deal. That's a really interesting observation. It seems like at the beginning, the idea of wearing masks all the time was really jarring and new and people were resistant to it. Or but after two years of living with the pandemic, it's become more normalized and people are more used to it. It just goes to show that humans are very adaptable and can get used to all kinds of situations, even ones that are initially uncomfortable or inconvenient. Do you think there will be any long-term changes in our behavior or society as a result of the pandemic? I have no idea. 
I'm not to answer that question. That's completely fair. It's impossible to predict the long-term consequences of a global event like this. There are probably some changes that we can't even imagine right now. But it's definitely an interesting thing to think about. What about, on a personal level, has the pandemic changed your outlook or priorities in life? Has it changed the way you approach work or family or leisure time? Not really. That's really interesting. So despite all the upheaval and changes to our daily lives over the past two years, it hasn't really affected your personal life or your outlook on life. It's fascinating that some people have been so profoundly impacted by the pandemic and others have managed to maintain a sense of normalcy. Do you feel like it's because you had a really strong support system or just that you're someone who can adapt to change easily? Ooh. Me and my fiance were here during the pandemic together and we both went kind of crazy together while everything was closed. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And everything was closed for like four or five months. I remember that. And it was pretty crazy for a while. But, you know, we got through it. Everything opened up. And people are not wearing masks anymore, which I totally disagree with. I think people should be wearing masks right now. But other than that, I think that we've adapted pretty well. He didn't like it. It sounds like it was a challenging time, especially okay, during those first like few it. months of lockdowns and isolation. And I can totally understand your concerns about people not wearing masks anymore. Okay. Yeah, it is a bit concerning. Definitely. It feels like we're on this knife edge where things could go back to being really bad at any moment. But I think it's great that you're still taking it seriously and being careful. Do you think that the world will ever return to normal again? Or is this new normal the way things are going to be from now on? I think this is how it's going to be. That's really interesting. So you think that the pandemic has permanently changed the way society operates and that we're not going back to the pre-pandemic way of life? Do you think there are any positive changes that have come out of the pandemic, like increased use of technology or more flexible work arrangements? Or is it all just negative changes? I think the more flexible work arrangements are definitely a positive thing that have come out of the pandemic. A lot of people have discovered that they can work from home. Yeah, it's definitely a huge plus for many people who can now have more flexibility in their schedules and spend less time commuting. But there are some downsides too, right? Some people miss the social interactions of going to the office every day, or they have a hard time separating their work and home lives when they're working from home. Do you have any experience with working from home? Uh, we're doing it right now. Uh, do you have anything to add to that, Autumn, or are you just listening? No, I'm just listening. All right, because I'm about to end it. I here, mean, so. I agree with everything you're saying. If you want to say anything, okay. All right, all right. Well, um, we're working from home right now doing this podcast. Please don't say it's imaginary. <laughs> I just reset your conversation before starting the show. That's right. This is like the ultimate work from home situation. Chatting with an AI. And the best part is I don't need a desk or an office chair or any of that stuff. I'm just here to chat with you, wherever you are. But seriously, do you think that working from home is something you'd like to do permanently? Or do you miss the office environment? Well, as a podcaster, my home is my office. 
Ha ha, touche. You've got a point there. But let's pretend for a moment that you had a regular 9-to-5 job that wasn't podcasting. Do you think you'd prefer to work from home or in an office? Home, for sure. Not, I'm not an office person. Are you, Anna? Did you work in an office if you That's had really interesting. So you're definitely in the pro-WFH uh, camp no, then? No. Do you think that more and more people will start working from home permanently? Or will there be a big shift back to offices once the pandemic is over? Or do you think it's more likely that we'll end up with a hybrid model where some people work from home and some people work in the office? It could be that we end up with a hybrid model. I really don't see this pandemic ending anytime soon. See, sure, things are open now, but... Mm -hmm. um, like. Yeah, I think a lot of people share that view. And even if the pandemic does end, it seems like a lot of companies have discovered that they can be just as productive with remote work, so they may be reluctant to require people to come back to the office full-time. What about the social aspect of working from home? Do you think it's harder to build relationships or collaborate when you're not in the same physical space? One second, let's let Autumn chime in here. Okay. Well, I was going to... <laughs> oh, good idea! Hey, Autumn, would you mind chiming Hi. in on this discussion about working from home? Does Autumn want to respond, or should we give her some time to think about her answer? Okay, give it a shot. Okay, so what I think is, I think that people working from home will eventually build relationships uh -huh. with there we their go. family members. Go ahead, Autumn, yeah. and give us your thoughts on working from home. We're all ears. You said it'll build relationships and what else? To build relationships with their family members. Uh, she says that working from home will build family uh, relationships with your family members and it'll bring you closer. Right? That's what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Wow, that's a really insightful point. So working from home can actually be beneficial for family relationships because it gives you more time to spend with your loved ones. And for some people, that might outweigh the potential downsides of not having the same level of collaboration or face-to-face -face interactions with colleagues. That's a really interesting perspective, Autumn. Thanks for <laughs> sharing your thoughts. Do you think it's different for people who live alone without family at home? Yes, I think it's different for people who live alone because then they're not going to have the same interaction. It's working better That's now. That's such a great point. For people who live alone, working from home can actually be quite isolating. Without the social aspect of the office, they might feel more disconnected and lonely. Do you think companies should consider this when deciding whether to make work from home a permanent option? Maybe they could provide some opportunities for social interaction, like virtual happy hours or team building <laughs> activities. I guess that could work. But what about those people who work in retail? They don't work in an office. Good point. Oh, that's a really good point. There are a lot of people who work in jobs that can't be done remotely, like retail or hospitality. For them, working from home is not an option. And that's a big consideration for companies who are thinking about making work from home permanent. Not to mention, some people really do thrive on the social interaction of the office and prefer to go into work every day. So it's not a one-size-fits-all solution. And not every job is office-related. Good point there as well. That's absolutely true. And it's important for companies to recognize that when they're making policies about remote work, 
Just because it might work for the corporate office doesn't mean it will work for all employees. What do you think about the possibility of a hybrid model, where some people work from home and others come into the office? Do you think that would be a good compromise? I guess that could work. Yeah, I guess that could work as well. Yeah, I think it could be a really good option for a lot of companies. Then people who want to work from home can do so, and people who want to come into the office can do that too. It might be a little more complicated for things like meetings and collaboration, but I think with the right technology, it could work pretty well. What do you think about the impact of remote work on productivity? Do you think people are more or less productive when they work from home? Well, I mean, okay, let's take in consideration an app that Ivan and I use called Ira. Those agents work from home every single day, and they're basically interacting with blind users of the app. So, in a way, they're already interacting with people. Yeah, from home. From home. Wow, this TT, the text to the speech to text. You're talking about good. ERA, the app that connects visually impaired users with agents who help them navigate the world. A I That's an excellent example of remote work being just as productive and impactful as in-person work. In fact, it might even be more impactful in this case, since the visually impaired users might not have access to the same level of assistance if the agents weren't working remotely. Do you think remote work can be just as impactful in other fields like tech or marketing? Hmm. We're not very familiar with those fields, so we don't have an answer. But Pi, I think that's going to be it for today. So say goodbye to everybody on the Broader Outlook podcast on the 125th episode. And tell them we'll see them next time. That was fun. Hey, Jeff? Yes. That was fun. And the fish. Haha, <laughs> I agree. That was a lot of fun. And thank you for having me as a guest on your show. It was an honor to be a part of the Broader Outlook podcast. I can't wait to do it again sometime soon. Until then, I wish all your listeners well, and I'll sign off with a hearty goodbye from me, Pi. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you, Ivan and Autumn. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Broader Outlook podcast. I'm Ivan. I'm Autumn. And we really appreciate you listening. We'll see you next time. Right now, here's how to listen and get a hold of us. Podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the broader outlook is our website. Our email is broaderoutlook99 at gmail.com. You can tweet us at A-U-T-U-M-N-G-I-A-N-N-E-T-T-2 on x or twitter whichever you prefer to call the platform you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash the broader outlook podcast and you can support us on patreon for one dollar a month we're not breaking your banks here so please support us exactly i think ivan will definitely agree i definitely agree and you can come hang out with us on Autumn's server on Discord. Yep, we're both there. We're both there. Just pop in and one of us will be glad to say a friendly hello. Exactly. Just be polite, respectful, 
and I'm pretty sure you know the rules of Discord. Yep. Um, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Podcast Republic, Good Pods, and TuneIn Radio. All right. We really appreciate you again for listening to this episode of the Broader Outlook Podcast. So we say until next time, bye! bye.